You are listening to the Fretzelmania podcast on Anchor.fm. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for a change! Come and take your best shot! I tried to be a nice guy. I tried to play by the rules. Hi, folks. Welcome to the Fretzelmania podcast. I am your host, Mr. Fretz. Uh, In honor of what would have been his 54th birthday, I'm going to be talking about Owen Hart today. Now, Owen Hart was was my favorite wrestler. He's still my favorite all-time wrestler today. Um, it's actually some something that I share with uh, with Ant from Rant with Ant, and you know, with the announcement of uh, his last show on June eighth, I want to thank you, Ant, for just being an inspiration in my life, not only for for podcasting, but for you know, being a better fan and being a better man. You you really helped me with that, and I appreciate it. So <clears throat> thank you so so much. I'm going to kind of break this episode up into uh, a couple of parts. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about some of his, uh, my favorite uh, stories about him, his ribs, some of my favorite matches involving him. And next week, I'm going to be talking about uh, kind of a fantasy booking uh, if he didn't pass away. Now, that might be, <coughs> excuse me, kind of twisted and morbid, but I'm a big time fantasy booker. I love to imagine what would have happened, like what would happen if he didn't pass away. You'll see that next week. So Owen Hart was just so entertaining. He was so good at being that petulant, jealous, shithead little brother. Now, I am the little brother in my family. Uh, I get it. You know, I'm not jealous of my brother. Uh, I love him. I, in fact, work for him. And our relationship is really solid, but I'm also a very observant person when it comes to um, my friends, and back then I would uh, I would draw cons- comparisons to some of uh, my friends and their family lives and the Brett and Owen feud in, in my mind. Um, they don't know this and they don't listen to this, so yeah, it's it, it's kind of funny. Um, I I remember Owen Hart's uh, run with Jim Neidhart. I loved the New Foundation. Unfortunately, it was short-lived because Neidhart left, and then he was Owen was kind of lost in the in the shuffle for about a year and a half. And it wasn't until Survivor Series 1993 where finally he uh, he got his groove. He had a <clears throat> uh, match. He was involved in the Hart family versus Shawn Michaels and and the Knights, and Owen was the only Hart eliminated. And I, I always thought that was just a perfect, uh, perfect part of the story, and that's how his maybe his jealousy got got a little bit started. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, then the feud with Brett. I mean, he wanted to do everything in his power to kind of outdo his big brother, kind of do everything he did, but do it better. Like you know, I'm going to win King of the Ring. I'm going to win all the titles, and I'm going to be better than you, Brett. Here's a thing. Um, Brett was a two-time King of the Ring champion winner. 
I know the King of the Ring was just a random house show and not a spectacle pay-per-view that it wound up being. But in 1991, uh, Bret Hart won the King of the Ring. So that's one thing I guess uh, Bret had on Owen Owen being the WWE champion. Uh, Although I I saw this match on YouTube a couple years ago. It was like a random house show. It was on Mania or Superstars. But it was, I think it was a lumberjack match for the world title. And amidst a bunch of controversy, Owen Hart won the world title. Now, I think it was one of those um, non-title changes or those um, unmentioned ones, kind of like the Rockers Tag Team Championship, kind of like Bob Holly in the Intercontinental title a couple of times, actually. And... Uh, and yeah, it, it just, it went on unmentioned. It's not in the record books and it's unfortunate. Um, of course, Owen Hart's partnership with Davy Boy Smith. I'm going to be talking about that in my, uh, ribs and pranks section here. And then the reformation of the Hart Foundation. Now I'm Canadian, but at this time I did not like the Hart Foundation. I mean, they were getting booed on TV. They were being mean to Americans, and and I didn't get it. I didn't like it. I was 13. So I'm just like, hey, why can't we just all get along here, Canada and America? Come on. Although maybe today with their president, I would, I'm not going there. Um, it, it was Owen Hart, his acting was so good. I mean, I remember the promo where they, oh, Brett was kind of like, we got to be on the same page. Uh, Owen, I love you. And then just like that Owen Hart just breaks into tears starts bawling and they all have a big group hug and <clears throat> and then Owen Hart just being like he always had to like one up everybody like even when he was tagging with British Bulldog and they had that classic match for the finals of the European title and then British Bulldog had two titles so what would what what left Owen in the cold what's he going to do oh he's just going to steal a slammy so he can be a two-time slammy award winner you may have two titles, Davey, but I have two slammies. And then finally, like, you know, his last gimmick before he passed away was uh, the Blue Blazer. And he was kind of mocking Hulk Hogan in a way, like, I'm going to drink my milk, say my prayers, take my vitamins, and kind of be, you know, the moral compass for the WWE. I mean, the night he died, uh, he was facing the Godfather for the Intercontinental title, and he was uh, apparently supposed to win. And then go on and have like a, a run with it. I'm going to get into that during my fantasy booking section of this. So, uh, Owen, thank you. Rest in peace. And I only wish someday he could be on the Hall of Fame, but it would be after Martha passed away. Um, she doesn't want any part of it. I get it. Um, but maybe maybe her kids can have something there. But I'm I'm not going to rant and rave about that it's their choice and and i'm okay with it so i'm gonna go here through my favorite uh, owen hart uh, pranks and ribs stories and then this is on manolith.com uh this is posted by colin hunter in in 2013 so owen was backstage he was just a notorious prankster master of the ribs these things kind of were mostly harmless and they helped wrestlers break, break the tension of the tedium and of the grind of being on the road. 
you know, <clears throat> there was a whole bunch of wrestlers who feared the the nasty ones like, uh, you know, the old poop in the duffel bag or uh, Mr. Fu- Just look up Mr. Fuji's. I'm not going to talk any of them here. Some of them were yikes. So it was also a bit of a rite of passage for some for some wrestlers, as we're going to be talking about here. So Michael Cole, his, his first night on the job, about 10 seconds before air, when uh, Cole was going to be interviewing the Hart Foundation, he was nervous, he was in his tuxedo, his hands were shaking, and they were just right about to shoot. And right before that, Owen and the Bulldog decided to dump a liter of Coke right down the back of Cole's tuxedo pants. You know, and he was saying that he had to stay in character and do the interview, all having soggy, soaking pants. And that was kind of his uh, his initiation into the WWE from Owen. <clears throat> Speaking of the Bulldog, not only were they notorious tag team champions and an on-screen duo, they were notorious pranksters, partners in crime. And one of their victims, a couple of times as we're going to see in this list, is Lex Luger. They were all in a car together driving, and uh, Owen and Davey tipped off a pair of undercover police officers to uh, arrange to arrest Lex. And then, you know, after walking away, you know, from their ride check, everything was fine. And Smith would holler, oh, blow it out your ass. I'm sorry, I can't do an accent. <clears throat> and the cops, as planned, charged back, arrested Luger, handcuffed him. And refused to listen to Lex's plea, pleas of innocence. Until finally, Owen and Davey cracked. They said this was all a ruse. And went on with her day. And apparently, in a nearby limousine, Vince McMahon was laughing his ass off. You know, then there's one... Another partner in crime he befriended was the 123 Kid. Sean Waltman, X-Pac... Uh, so during a tour in Japan, an unnamed wrestler was uh, being tormented by them, you know, uh, putting, they put all this person's clothes in the bathtub and filled it with water. They ordered all the pay-per-view movies available at the hotel and for good measure took out all the light bulbs. And apparently this person was seen the next day wearing like ill-fitting clothes borrowed from somebody else. <clears throat> you know, then there's Mark Henry, uh, they used to go up and down the road making prank phone calls, and one time they called Mark Henry's longtime manager. And this person recently moved to a ranch and was having trouble with cows escaping through the broken fence. And Hart called, pretending to be one of the neighbors, furious about these cows uh, tromping through their property. I'm going to go out there and start shooting them, Owen Hart reportedly said. And, you know, the call would escalate with threats of human and bovine violence, with eventually the victim falling for the prank hook, line, and sinker. Speaking of farm animals, the Godwins. You know, that redneck tag team wore denim overalls and slopped everybody with pig slop and came out to, don't go messing with the country boys. And Owen Hart couldn't resist the allure of pulling off a prank with these pigs. Although he was never officially claimed responsibility, Although I think on the recent Owen Hart DVD, it was revealed it was him. The pigs somehow wound up in the office of the man himself, Vince McMahon. And 
although you know this, this article says here it might not have been Owen, but he was, but it's more than likely him because of the <clears throat> animal escapades that he was involved with in the past. You know, feeding laxatives to the bulldogs mascot dog matilda which resulted in you know a mess a gross one in mick foley's book have a nice day mick recalls as a time where owen was on a mission to make stone cold steve austin crack and make break character you know his entire persona <clears throat> was built around being a non no-nonsense, beer-swilling badass. So during a match that Owen was in, Austin was like a special guest referee, enforcer, or whatever. Owen Hart was going to make him laugh this night. Finally, success came in the form of a fan throwing a bag of popcorn in the ring, hitting Owen, who reacted like he'd been hit by a steel chair. He dropped to the mat in mock agony and then proceeded to make snow angels in the pile of popcorn. Austin melts like the butter on that popcorn and couldn't keep a straight face. This next one is a more infamous story. I think we've all heard about Owen Hart and Harley Race. You know, every time the WWE came through Kansas City, it was tradition for the wrestlers to visit Harley Race's house and have a barbecue. One evening, Owen Hart thought it would be funny to um, bunch three, to dump three bottles of hot sauce into this chili when nobody was looking. Then he sat back and enjoyed the show while all these wrestlers turned red-faced and panted like dogs after water. And not long after that, Harley Race repaid the favor to Owen Hart, shaking his hand. You know, you got me good. Shaking his hand in one hand and hitting him with a stun gun the other Shocking. Lex Luger couldn't catch a break from Owen. Now, no matter how strong a wrestler is, Lex couldn't hoist this... Uh, no, no one can hoist a 250-pound opponent over their head unless the opponent helps. In one match, the muscular Lex Luger, the steroid-bound, typical wrestler body Lex Luger, decides to try to slam Owen. But he sandbags him. Deadass, sandbag, whatever you want to say. <clears throat> Making Luger look weak and limp. Later in the match, Owen would happily allow himself to be hoisted overhead by brother-in-law, Davy Boy Smith. Much to the chagrin of Lex Luger, and, Day and Bulldog snubbed it in by hollering, I'm the strongest, to, uh, to his tag team partner. And, you know, the wrestlers were backstage just pissing themselves. Val Venus, fellow Canadian, uh, when he was a rookie in here, um, there was, there's an infamous story about, about a signing. Uh, there was this fan with a large stack of glossy photos to sign and kind of suspecting that this person would go around and sell them. Val Venus refused. Noticing this conversation, the light bulb went off in Owen's head with an evil smirk just going across his face. So when Venus was sleeping in his hotel room, Owen Hart called and claimed to be this autograph seeker. He demanded that Venus come down to the lobby and sign them, getting more and more agitated when, when Val refused. Finally fed up, Venus stormed down to the lobby with the intention of pummeling this man, only to find Owen and partner Jeff Jarrett in the bar insisted that, oh, he just left. 
and then Venus spent the better part of the night looking around the hotel before he figured out that he was duped. The foreign object story, you know, the classic heel tactic with the wrestler concealing the <clears throat> a foreign object in their hand, and their armpit, and their tights, or whatever. Think Abdullah the Butcher or William Regal. Uh, so the victim of this uh, foreign object was Edge. And the victim always has to sell the foreign object like death, no matter what it is. And even in the case of Owen Hart, when it ended up being a crumpled up napkin. <clears throat> and now finally, there's uh, there's one with, with Stu Hart, Owen Hart, Bret Hart, and uh, Reg Parks. So Reg Parks, I think, was an old, um, old friend of Stu Hart, an old promoter. And... Owen Hart decided to have a little fun with, with his old man during a a hotel stay here. Um he would egg on Stu, you know, threatening him and oh I'm gonna I'm gonna kick your ass and and blah blah blah. I'm gonna like Oh, I'm gonna get you old man, you uh <clears throat> oh blah 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 and then finally, eventually, you know, Stu Hart would uh, hang up the phone and just be like, uh, go to Brett, uh, the fucking Owen, uh, he got me good. And yeah, these are just one of many, many stories. Uh, I got to give a shout out to monolith.com for, for this list. When I come back here, I'm going to talk about some of my favorite matches, including Owen Hart. Stay tuned. And now part two of my Owen Hart tribute. I'm going to be going kind of for a top 10 uh, favorite Owen Hart matches. And over his seemingly short in-ring career, he had a plethora of amazing matches because he was a great hybrid of technical and high flyer. Uh, I think it's just a shame that Owen wasn't able to do much with the company, especially after Brett passed away. But, man, did he work his tail off. And he was just, he was one of a kind talent who left the wrestling industry way too soon. He was beloved by everyone. And now, starting off with some of his best matches. Um, and I'm not going to go in any particular order here just because it, his matches are just so, so hard to choose from. That is a toast to Owen Hart. Yes, it is 7 in the morning, and I'm drinking a beer, and I am fresh off a night shift, so I have an excuse. So, I have 10 Owen Hart matches here, and I don't know if I'm going to go in any particular order until I get near the end of the list, but I'm going to start off with Owen Hart versus the 1-2-3 kid from King of the Ring 1994. Now, this match only went about three, three and a half minutes, but those three minutes were just insane. They packed about as much action into 217 seconds as as anyone possibly could. You know, they, they were delivering one of the few, you know, actually decent matches on, on King of the Ring 94. I think the other one being his match with Razor Ramon and, you know, Bret Hart versus Diesel uh, actually wasn't half bad. 
But the rest of this pay-per-view was unmemorable. Mostly due to Art Donovan's How Much Does This Guy Weigh uh, commentary. Um, Owen Hart made the kid submit to, to the sharpshooter in this semifinals match. Which we know, of course, Owen would go on to becoming the king of the ring. The king of hearts. And this is just an example of how great Owen and X-Pac, you know, one, two, three kids, Sean Waltman, were, you know, how capable they were in such a short, short match. Uh, Next year, I have Owen Hart and the British Bulldog versus Vader and Mankind for the WWE Tag Team Championship at WrestleMania 13. Uh, This is kind of a forgotten one because, well, WrestleMania 13, you know, other than um, Bret Hart versus Steve Austin, it sucks. Straight up, this WrestleMania sucks. Um, <clears throat> it is a forgotten one, but it's also one of your rare heels versus heels tag team title match. You know, Owen and Davey have been teasing dissension, smellness, for for weeks, you know, this was, of course, when um, all the attention and all the cheering that, you know, that Davey was getting, you know, particularly after Davey defeated Owen in the finals of the European Championship Tournament in Germany. Which, if you've seen that footage, that Monday Night Raw was filmed uh, by a potato and maybe some sauerkraut. Um you know, between the champs kind of not being on the same page and the dominance of Vader and Mankind, it looked like we we could have seen a title change here, a, a changing of the guards, and a full-on face turn for the British Bulldog. However, this ended up in a Farton Church Buzz Killington double countout. Um, you know, Mankind had subdued Davey on the outside with the mandible claw, and it just, uh, it really took a lot of the steam out of this match, but, you know, maybe they had to save a little bit of that steam versus, uh, Austin versus Hart later in the show. Uh, this one, it's, it's underrated. It's one that you got to go back and watch, and you also got to listen to, um, Stuart Brooks, uh, from the New Generation Project podcast, rave about this match and their review of it. Uh, I haven't heard from from this from that particular show in a long time. Stuart, I hope you're doing well, bud. Um, we have another tag team title match here with Owen Hart and the British Bulldog going up against uh, Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels on a Monday Night Raw, May 26, 1997. Hey, it's uh getting to the 22nd anniversary of, of this match coming up. And this was in the middle of that silly USA versus Canada feud. And um, Michaels and Austin decided to uh, set their differences aside to band against uh, the common enemy enemies, the evil Canadians. Oh, we're so evil. A eh? we're too polite for you. A eh? um, also noted this was so, Sean's first match back due to losing his smile or his testicles, uh, depending on who you ask. Um, 
we had, you know, back and forth action. We had chaotic, high energy, classic, four amazing wrestlers. Uh, Shawn Michaels nailed the super kick on Davey, allowing Austin to pin him for the tag team championship and ending one of the best tag team title runs of the 90s of Owen and Davey, who had held the titles, I think, since about September, October 96, when they when they beat the Smoking Guns. There's a bit of trivia for you. Um, and also, I, I believe Michaels and Austin had a had a match at King of the Ring, actually, just after this, and I think they are both the tag team champions, or maybe Owen and Davey had won the titles back. Anyways, uh, next up here is, uh, well, the Blackheart. It involves Owen Hart and Triple H for the European Championship from WrestleMania 14. Now, WrestleMania 14 is also another one of those kind of forgotten manias. I mean, it's known for... It's it's known for Steve Austin having his uh, crowning moment, having his uh, first his first title run, and having HBK's last uh, match in WWE for about four or five years. And this was post Montreal. This was post Screwjob. Post most of the Hart family and ex- extended Hart family leaving. And this was, you know, Owen Hart on his own, the Black Hart, the Survivor, not the Nugget. Um, Triple H was cascading up the main event picture, and this was a show stealer. Um, you see, both men were eager to prove themselves as as the future of the WWE, and they worked hard to make this belt memorable. Of course, we saw China. On the outside, handcuffed to Commissioner Sergeant Slaughter outside of the ring, <coughs> excuse me, to prevent her from interfering. However, late in the match, she took a page from Mr. Fuji's book and threw salt in Slaughter's eyes and low blowed Owen, allowing Hunter to hit the pedigree for the retain. And uh, a return match the following month on Monday Night Raw was was pretty comparable to this one. You know, I think their WrestleMania belt might just be the best that these two ever had. Next here, we have Owen Hart versus Shawn Michaels from In Your House 6. Uh, Feb- February 18th, 1996. That had the um, the Crybaby match between 123Kid and Razor Ramon. I'm sorry. It also had, I believe it was... The Undertaker versus Bret Hart in the Steel Cage, or it was, um, yeah, Undertaker and Bret Hart in the Steel Cage because, um, or Diesel, I, I forget, but it involved it involved one of those three. Anyways, that this is not about them. Uh, this is the culmination of that um, of that angle that saw Owen give Sean a kayfabe concussion and career threatening injury. And then we saw those. 90s cheese heart wrencher tell me a lie music videos and you know Shawn michaels is like about to maybe possibly announce his retirement and then he had a triumphant comeback at the royal rumble winning his wrestlemania title shot against the champion whomever walks out of this main event um 
On top of this personal rivalry, you know, Owen uh, also challenged Sean for his WrestleMania main event slot, citing that he had unfinished business with his brother Brett uh, from, you know, a couple of WrestleManias ago. So this had such high stakes. It had a little bit more icing on the cake for this match to make it. Well, if you were like me, I was uh, about 11 or 12 years old when this match aired, and I believed that Owen Hart could potentially face Brett again at WrestleMania, which I would have been okay with. Um, Of course, these two technical wizards just put on a 16-minute masterpiece. Uh, It had so many finisher reversals. The crowd was so hot for Shawn Michaels and just so ready to boo the petulant, jealous little weasel Owen Hart. And of course, Sweet Chin Music ends it, and Sean is en route to the WWE title at WrestleMania 12. Steve Austin versus Owen Hart from from SummerSlam 1997. Now, this bout is significant. You know, this match sets kind of sets a bit of a course for of history for these for both of these two. You know, obvious it's, you know, where Owen Hart um nearly broke Steve Austin's neck on that sit-down tombstone spot. But also had that move not happened, this match would have stolen the show. You know, Austin and Owen were both in the prime of their career. They were in the middle of a very personal feud, uh, kind of piggybacking off of Austin's uh, feud with Brett. Um, You know, this match, both of these wrestlers at the time were technically sound and gritty. You know, Owen was going after Austin's neck throughout the whole thing. And even at one point trying to um, dislocate his fingers. And I could see a very young Pete Dunne taking notes if he was even born at this point. And they were they were killing it until that pile driver. And, you know, Owen Hart, unfortunately, he had to stall and give Austin time to recover. You know, long enough to execute the absolute worst roll-up in wrestling history for the win. <clears throat> but I, I can imagine if if this accident didn't happen, how amazing this match would have been. And I believe the same thing happened um, in a match between Austin and Ricky Steamboat. However, you know, Steamboat's injuries weren't as didn't have as adverse effects as as Austin's. So it's kind of a weird. Weird, eerie coincidence. Of course, I have to include Canadian Stampede in your house from Calgary. Their Heart Foundation. You know, Owen Hart, Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart, Brian Pillman, and Davey Boy Smith against Steve Austin, Ken Shamrock, Goldust, and the Legion of Doom. And I'm looking in that match, and there's just so, so many of them aren't with us anymore. So many of them are died. 
I mean, the only member left in that Hurt Foundation stable is Brett. And that's... Time is undefeated. The only undefeated streak in wrestling is time. And, you know, it's sad. Uh, I'm going to go on an unpopular opinion here, but despite being a red, red and white-blooded, proud Canadian, I hated the Hart Foundation at, at this point because I was 13. I was a total mark, and I was doing what I was conditioned to on TV, booing, cheering whoever the TV is. It wasn't for quite a few years after that where I kind of got to be less marky. That's the lack of better term. But watching it with 2019 eyes, I'm loving the Heart Foundation. I'm loving that the Canadian crowd is on fire for them and even booing the shit out of Steve Austin, who was right near the top of his game, like right on the cusp of superstardom. He was at what, maybe eight, nine months away from winning his first WWE title. Um, the rest of these wrestlers, like Legion of Doom, um, Goldust, who had been cheered on U.S. soil, but were reviled and spat upon in Canada. The Calgary crowd was just being white hot for this match. They had members of the Hart family and extended members of the family, you know, like uh, a very, very young TJ Wilson, Tyson Kidd, you know, who was dating his now wife, Natalia Neidhart at the time. And, you know, Stu and Helen and Bruce and Keith, everybody was there. And I think there's just a sad story in the Owen Hart DVD Blu-ray that um, it was one of the last times they were they were all together. <laughs> As we know, uh, Helen uh, passed away not long after that. Stu was gone a couple of years after that. Owen was gone two years. Uh, Davy Boy, you know, a couple of years after that, and it's just it's tough to watch, but it also warms the heart. Um. After, you know, almost half an hour of just back and forth, <laughs> uh, constant action, Owen Hart took advantage of Brother Bruce's distraction to roll up Austin for the win to, the, I think, the loudest pop I heard in all of 1997, right in front of the Canadian faithful. And it ignited the fire under that... Uh, that Austin Owen feud that we would see throughout 1997. And speaking of what I talked about earlier with the European Championship, we have Owen versus the Bulldog for Monday Night Raw, February 26, 1997. Now, this was WWE's first new title in 18 years. So this was the first since the Intercontinental title. The European title was decided in <clears throat> an awesome, athletic, classic Raw match held in Berlin, Germany. In which the tag team champions faced off <clears throat> against each other in the finals of this tournament. Just giving us 
an in-ring masterpiece that was could have been a runner-up for that could have been you know in the running for the match of the year had it not been for well you know something we're going to see later that year. <coughs> Excuse me. Owen and Davey went hold for hold, and you know there was also a little bit of personal tension, also stemming from their their teased breakup from their dissension. Spellness. Um, Owen claimed Davey was jealous of his two slammies, while David had grown tired of Owen's um, heelish ways and his shortcuts. And this was the perfect combination of every element here. And since the pair never officially feuded, it served as an unofficial climax, if you will. And finally, after about 20 minutes or so, Davey reversed Owen Hart's victory roll attempt to score a pinfall to become the inaugural European champion. <sighs> so good. Now the final two of my favorite Owen Hart matches, predictably, both involve Brett. But which one, to me, is better? It's actually a toss-up. It's really hard for me to pick. But number two is Bret Hart versus Owen Hart from WrestleMania 10. Now, this was considered to be, you know, maybe the best match of the 90s. Maybe one of the best matches of all time. This was, this one was my pers- was my personal favorite for a while, but it's... Over the years, it's it's flip-flopped between that and my last, my actual favorite, <coughs> excuse me, Owen Hart match in the cage. And, you know, even like recently with the Champa Gargano feud has been taking all sorts of top spots in my mind. But this is storytelling. It is gimmicks. It is perfection. These two had one of the best feuds I've ever seen. And, you know, I talked about earlier, me, me, I'm the little brother. You know, I love my brother. I'm not jealous of him. You know, I work for him. But I told you earlier in the show that I'm an observant person and I noticed this in the lives of others and I do understand it so these two became you know common enemies they became enemies at the Royal Rumble where they um, failed to capture the tag team championships from the Quebecers you know that's that's actually a dark horse of an of an Owen Hart pick a match I would put in this list and after just goading him on for months and Brett refusing, I won't fight my brother, I won't fight my brother, Brett finally reluctantly agreed to wrestle him. So, at the Royal Rumble later that night, you know, Brett controversially co-won that match along with Lex Luger. So, both of these wrestlers had, had got title shots. 
And since Luger was announced as Yokozuna's first challenger of the night, it would be decided that Brett and Owen would face off in the opening bout. Now this is just about a 20-30 minute technical masterpiece. They just tore the host down, house down and just they made it impossible for the rest of the roster to follow it. It's like, yeah, follow that. Try. You know, it's everything. Um, there was a funny moment in this match that Owen's offense would be considered too flashy and maybe the MSG card would end up cheering him. So, on the fly... Owen Hart started a wrestle. Instead of a flashy, uh, high-flying style, he was nastier and heelish. And he, everything he did, his you know his facials, his <clears throat> like you know whining and all that. And even when after Owen Hart won, uh, he would. The camera would kind of pan out for the ring, but you saw that he flipped off his brother. And and then, you know, the rest is history. <clears throat> um, you know, Bret Hart won the WWE title in the last match against Yokozuna. Everyone's in the ring celebrating and, and you know, carrying Bret around. And then you see Owen is stood at the entrance ramp, staring, think, you know, dreaming, you know, that's going to be me. And since he beat Brett in the opening match, many would argue that, hey, Owen Hart versus Yokozuna. But the whole storyline was, the whole storyline of WrestleMania 10 was to get the title on Brett somehow. And now finally, I cap it off. With Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, SummerSlam 94, steel cage match, wildly considered one of the best cage matches of all time. And I said cage matches, this isn't Hell in the Cell. <clears throat> because, you know, Undertaker and Mankind happened. And although that match was actually not much of a match, it was just nothing but a car crash. So, this main event quality match got screwed out of headlining SummerSlam in favor of that Undertaker versus Undertaker shit. So we know that Brett and Owen have been feuding throughout the entire spring. Um, Owen Hart's King of the Ring win apparently earned him a WWF title match. But what made this cage match different, there, there wasn't a lot of blood or brutality. Instead, Brett and Owen focused on athleticism and made the objective escaping the cage, you know, because you can win that way in a steel gauge match, apparently. There was a whole bunch of <coughs> quick, you know, escape attempts, high spots, like a superplex off the cage, um... Bret Hart took advantage of Owen Hart's leg being stuck in the bars to climb over and retain. And, you know, of course, we infamously saw 
the return of the British Bulldog. During this match, he was seen in the crowd. The whole Hart family was... They were kind of torn apart in a way. Like, Jim Neidhart was there too, and he was just... He was on Owen's side. He, you know, he helped Owen win the King of the Ring in June. And he was kind of labeled as the outcast or the black heart, if you will. Now, fantasy booking here, I would have loved a submission match. But the cage match was fine. It was perfection. And it's my favorite it's my favorite Owen Hart match. Um, so that that there is my tribute to the late Owen Hart. Next week, I'm going to uh, fantasy book Owen Hart if if he didn't die, if you know he lived at over the edge. He didn't he didn't do his um, his stunt that tragically killed him. So. Thank you very much for listening. You can find me, Mr. Fretz, on Twitter at the Legendary JF. Now you can find me on Instagram also at the Legendary JF. You can find me blogging on fretzelmania.wordpress.com. F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. Um, I've been working on a uh, <coughs> post about Kurt Angle for. Now, the past month and a half, I think. And uh, when I get time, I'm hopefully going to be finishing that off. And in the meantime, just stay tuned for, for more Owen Hart content. And after that, maybe since we'll be getting into June, uh, Niagara Falls Comic Con, King of the, Kings of the Ring retrospectives, you name it. Uh, thank you much for listening. God bless you. Good night.